This episode is brought to you by our friends at FB Autosport. There's nothing worse than spending your race weekend under your car missing sessions because you were too swamped to get everything done in time. Whether it's car prep, new car builds, or arrive and drive, FB Autosport has you covered for Time Attack, GLTC, or WRL. They even have cars you can rent now while you put the finishing touches on your latest race car project. Reach out to Rob at FB Autosport now and tell him that Slip Angle sent you to get your project car finished and get back on track. Man, it's wet. It's so <laughs> sloppy. Holy wet. crap. My, my tools are inside of the trailer and they got more wet inside of the trailer yeah? than they did in. What's wrong with the trailer? <laughs> Freaking humidity, man. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> I know. There's like the air is all water. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was wet today. I noticed that in the men's room yesterday here at Watkins Glen, um, the towels in the, like, after you wash your hands, were wet. The towels were so wet that they ripped when you tried to dispense yeah, them. I had the it same gross. thing. It's <laughs> like, what is wrong with these towels? <laughs> so <laughs> humid does it get in here? This all sounds like a great weekend to do some racing, right? <laughs> yeah. Might as well tires. have the largest GLTC field of all time. How about that? Um, so we got uh, Jason and uh, and Eric from Yaw Speed. Um, we're at Watkins Glen, as we said. So, Jason, your car spent a lot of time on the dyno this weekend. It sounded right? sick, though. What was up with that? It did well. You know, we if you remember back to Heartland, we uh, we struggled with getting you know the thing tuned right. And you, did we you have, have an OEMECU at Heartland? We did, yep. and we actually did here as well. Oh, really? Uh, but um, that wasn't the plan. Yeah, that wasn't the plan. So. We've got this really whiz-bang Cyvex ECU that we're just having trouble finding the right personnel because it's not a, mo- a more, more widely used ECU. Right. And the reason we got it is it's plug-and-play for the 987.2 and you know has some really great uh, strategies inside of it for you know holding power uh, mm. flat. So we're excited about using it, but we still haven't been able to get it dialed in. So we went with a Cobb. We actually had... Uh, Graham with boosted performance tuning, helping us all weekend. Yeah, who uh, was remotely. amazing. Yeah, uh, and we were back and forth. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, Graham really saved us this weekend because we thought we were going to be on the Cyvex. We had a we actually had a guy on Portland. Uh, ben Calibration is is going to be helping us with it, but we just couldn't get it running well enough to even get logs and get you know gotcha. to get it. So uh, you know we're going to get go back to square one and get that system up and working, but. Uh, Graham came through with the cob, and then we had to get it dialed in this weekend, and that's what uh, that's why we were on there a lot. And you know, we just wanted to we wanted to be as uh, competitive as we could, and of course, that would have probably been the easiest thing to do. There would have been to change the tires, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got the power pretty dialed, though, right? Yeah, yeah we're pretty dialed. happy with yeah, it. Yeah, it's super Graham, flat curve. Graham too, did a great job. Crazy. I mean, we have like forty five hundred to seventy five hundred. It's dude, it sounds so gnarly. That thing sounds I good. Love. Uncorked Porsche. Dude, yeah, Porsches just, they are the best with the right exhaust. It sounds really good. It came with, uh, that was an old inner series, came in an inner series car, and it, uh, they have an M&M exhaust, like long tube headers, like really nice exhaust, tiny mufflers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really great system, and really, those things are really sensitive to the headers, how they sound, and yep. yeah, these things make it sound sweet. Before we dive in too far... We're starting a forum. It started. Abe, where is it? Forum.tracktuned.com. Yep. We just launched it. It's live, right? We haven't talked about it except for on Patreon. But if it's somebody were to right search now? it out. Yeah. yeah. Let's get a thousand people on there chatting. I am going to put a link or like make it a, um, a topic header on the Tracktune website. 
Got a lot of ideas, things that I think are relevant to go on track tuned. Yep. Um, and a lot of things, discussion things to go on forums as well. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. It was fun starting a build build thread the other day. That's like the main reason yeah. I wanted to have more. Did you did you feel like a kid again? Yeah, I felt like, like I was 21 again. Yeah, right. It's back to back yeah. to 1998, the uh, the forum days. I like everybody that registered so far messaged me and was like, "This is awesome! I can't wait for more people to be here." You got to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a few so, people mentioned it to me yeah, too. Like cool, Scott yeah. Malloy, he's all excited. Oh about yeah, it. yeah. We, we on the Patreon show we. We said uh, as soon as we talk about it, Scott Moy will be the first uh, the first person to register. Oh, because totally. he must listen to the Patreon like seconds after it comes out. Really, and uh, <laughs> uh, we definitely were correct. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first one. So. Yeah, <laughs> it, bring it back to forums. I mean, that's awesome, yeah. right? I mean, you know, I mean, Facebook and all that crap. It's taking the wind yeah. out of uh, super super useful. But like, think about. If someone asks now on Facebook, hey, does anyone know the blah blah blah? If you just have a link to the forum, you go, here you go. Yeah. And it's there for all time. So let's too, put right? all the blah blahs there. You got an article that you, or you, can you write an article listening? Uh, can you write an article uh, or a thread or something that you think would be useful for the community? Like, let's just, if we have a hundred of those, like oh. instantly we have a thousand more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. Let's do so it. So I had, um, I, I can't remember if I talked about this on the show. We haven't recorded since, what? Monday. So I don't think I had the idea at the the time. Um, I had an idea for an article on Tracktuned. The four of us sitting here have kind of agreed that we want to make both Tracktuned and its forum just a place where information lives. It's not meant to get, you know, a million clicks this, this week. It's not designed necessarily for ad revenue. It's just, it's just a place for information for people. Yep. It's a resource, you know, there's, you know, one of the great things about grid life is the community and like, it's a place, you know, there's little pockets of community online, but it's yep. a, it can be really a central hub for the community yeah. online. For I would love for it to, to be a repository for, like this, oh, I really know about Camaros. Like, here's how I did my Camaro, and here's why it's rad. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't find that on Facebook. So no, you can't. You find yeah. a one recommended spec, and then you can't find it again. Yeah. And what I plan to do, and it could take a little while to to do it in a manner that I think is satisfactory, but I messaged Adam uh, after we launched the forum the other night, and I said, I bet there's no one on the planet who has been to more Time Attack events than Adam and I. Because I was thinking about it. There are other people that have been doing Time Attack longer. Yeah, that's true. We do more events per year than anyone. It's true. And so uh, Adam and I have, I think, some expertise and perspective on how to be a Time Attack competitor. And there are 500 things, for example, that should be communicated to a new-to-Time Attack driver that sometimes just gets assumed. And it, like, we, talk, we try to talk about the big things in the driver's meeting. But people are like glossing their eyes over. It. I'm even trying to be funny and concise and quick, but people don't always listen. Like, and we're only talking about a couple big things. Sure. Yeah. So, like, um, there was an interesting uh, issue this weekend about um, kind of a car being scrutinized and protested, and it was a question about legality on a an OEM replica lip, mm. and the driver uh, was basically told, like, "Hey, you need to verify or prove to us that this is legal." Um, they they didn't do that, and they also didn't modify their car or change their class. And as a consequence, when we said, hey, okay, the sprints are now, your car's not eligible to run, even though they were in a in the sprint, 
they were upset. And in the discussion, it was like, okay, well, did you make your car compliant? And the answer was no. And the expectation was... It's just uh, hard. I mean, the expectation was the, the motorsports organization should scrutinize every single car at all events to make sure that they're legal. That was the expectation. That was the, the expectation. Yeah, that was really? what... He was like, why don't you do that? And, and like, they were like, oh, I was just hanging out in my car all day. Why didn't you come find me? Oh, what? <laughs> well, we've come, we can find you when people started protesting you, man. <laughs> Yeah. And then we did a giant deep dive, found every BMW expert we could here, FCP Euro, a uh, couple of shops, and they all found us all the OEM parts and catalogs and everything, and it just doesn't exist. So mm. it's not a replica thing. And sorry, but, but you could have helped like, this. The guy uh, eventually was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm coming to the next event. I'll be at Rev Up. And I kinda, great driver. I, like, did great I job. coached him on how, what, what should you do to yeah. make this car compliant? I don't think the changes are that big. No. But for this event, the car's not compliant. And so putting together an article. It is a that dope will, like, car. I wouldn't want to mess with it either. But still, like, if you want to win, right. just check all the boxes. He just didn't check one of the boxes. Um, but like, Telling a driver, like in general, like how a transponder works and and yep. what the process is to get one at registration. A lot and of it's pieces. Not not like specific to grid life, but like how do you know that you need a transponder? Yeah. yeah. Like, where would you put if it? If you've never been to an event like that, you might not know. Yeah. And where, where do you, where put, would you it? put it? How would you put it there? Yeah. I what think, do you need to look for? I think one of the great things about the forum format too is that you you can have the stickies at the top and like you know with with the basic information. You like you're starting out. Start here, right? And yeah. have like all those things. Yeah, there. I, some of the best forums back in the day. They, after a few years, you know, they would build like the sticky with all the links to the best thing. You'd be yeah, like, exactly. uh, best keys to success on track, and then you click on it, and it's a thread you can't comment on, but it's got fifty fifty things. You know, yeah. yeah I think one thing too easy is, to find. Yeah. One thing too is, I mean, somebody mentioned, um, you know, kind of the assumption that people are starting from the same level, right, right. and you know, I mean, the, this organization is so active and there's been so many people involved you just assume that everybody's kind of there and you know I, every yeah. event somebody Baseline's walks up to different me. for everybody yeah exactly every every event somebody walks up to me and and they don't really even know how to get started you know? and and one of my personal biggest fears is looking like a dummy mm-hmm. um and if i go to an event like this if someone has my my similar anxiety yeah um they might not ask. Yeah, they might point. not speak. And they're going to have a bad time because of it. And they, they might not have the best time. If, if a resource existed where I could go learn in advance to like, how does all this stuff actually work? What can I do in advance to make yep. sure I'm ready? Makes it a lot I less would intimidating, read. right? And it would not be as intimidating yeah. and my weekend would be better. Looking like a dummy is totally fine. You just got to be accepted. <laughs> you just got to accept yeah, it. Hey, look, I'm, I'm an expert it. at it. I've, I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I always look like a dummy. Um, <laughs> So speaking of uh, looking like a dummy, I was watching Speed Vision from the 90s the other day, or to early 2000s. Best TV ever. Yeah, and then uh, this big old dummy right here with way less <laughs> hair shows up, and he had like just won his rookie race or something, or a podium to the rookie oh, race. did you say you were at Car Club? Yeah, we, it was on I was the, at the, the office with Chris. It was yeah. like midnight, and Chris had been watching just old Speed Vision all day. The Grand Rapids Grand Prix of like, I don't know, 96, 98 was up. Oh, man. And then it rolled into, I want to, I forget I think it was your it was your rookie year. Was it World Challenge Touring or was it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, it was. It was, it was your rookie something. Yeah, I, well, so. it was. Yeah, so it probably was. Ut- was it Utah? You. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. that was my first win in World Challenge. Was was Utah? Yeah. It was actually my 
third race in World Challenge. I had done the MX5 Cup and won the championship there, and Mazda right. had their ladder, you know, system where right. they would promote the driver to the, you know, that won the championship to the next rung on the ladder. So I started out with TriPoint and World Challenge, uh, and third race in, we had a win, and it was uh, that was that was a very memorable weekend for sure. But that was that just randomly was up on. Chris just had like a playlist of Speed Vision or whatever. (laughs) That's Um, wild. Yeah, it was cool. I feel like that you know that uh, that character in uh, in um, oh now of course like I'm the worst with names. I can't think of the movie, but uh, Napoleon Dynamite, the guy that like is regaling his old football days. Oh yeah, that's me right there. Throw that football over the mountains. (laughs) That's right, (laughs) Uncle Rico. (laughs) Uncle Rico, that's me watching watching those old races. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to be Uncle Rico and be like, hey, that. I remember when when we did that. <laughs> That's that right. was awesome. That's right. No, I was fortunate uh, to have you know some really great times and had a, a great little career in in motorsports yeah. and and uh, it's great to be back. I mean, I've been wanting to do this for You've a while. Been track and, dormant for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was like six or seven years, give or take, mm-hmm. uh, where I didn't do anything, and uh, you know the itch was there, and you know. Thankfully, uh, you know, we got, had a great group that came together. Eric, the professional awesome guys, Devin Giles, uh, just a, a great group. Um, you know, Hayden Lowe has been helping us out a lot. Yeah, he was here this weekend. Yeah. yeah um, you know, just, just a great group. And then, you know, all, all this kind of came to fruition. And the next thing you know, we're we're starting to shop together in the uh, in the car club space. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty what was bizarre. Yeah. You said the you started to get the itch again. What was the catalyst for being like, I'm not on track to being like, I'm going wheel to wheel again? I mean, honestly, it was watching GLTC for the most part. I mean, I that's cool. I had wanted to, you know, I'd wanted to for a while get back into you know World Challenge SRO because it felt like, you know, my my second year in World Challenge was my final year in that series, and I came in second in the championship. I led the championship all year. And then the final race, I lost it by just a handful of points mm-hmm. uh, because of the finishing position, the way it all worked out. And, uh, you know, so I felt like there was like that that unfinished business in, in World Challenge. But, you know, I've, I'm, you know, the, I, I kind of got to the point where it's like, you know what, that ship has sailed. You know, that, that it's way more expensive to run out there now. And then it's so different than it it's, was. It's so much different. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, then watching watching GLTC, it's like, this is what that was. And, you know, it just, it, it really sparked the interest for me again yeah. to want to come out and do it. That's wild to hear. This is what I can't that was. say the people, especially in the rain today, the people that are running at the front are absolute slayers. Uh, unreal, yeah. dude. Just crazy. True. Uh, it, True it's, story. It's really hard to do that, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, been at, I've been in, you know, IMSA races, World Challenge races, other races in the rain where there was not nearly the level of, like, just close racing skill, keep it on the track, no mistakes. Like, you know, there were some bumps and bruises, unfortunately, a couple cars. Yeah, there were know, a few people that got rearranged, but it literally put themselves off track. And but like the racing side of things, people were super clean and, and really, really paying close attention and just really high, high level of driving. It was I, really I was, great to be a part of it for how terrible even the best race conditions were. I was, I like. Starting race one, I I chose to be in the start basket all weekend because uh, it's typically Giles or myself that's up there, and it was such terrible conditions up there. I was like, I don't want to put him up here. Like, um, and I kind of like the adrenaline rush from waving the flag. And then as soon as I got up there, I was like, Wow, was it cold up here? Like the wind <laughs> just came right down the front straight. And it but, was it was everything: cold, wind, rain. Everything. Seeing it 
Like when we did, I think we did one pace lap the first time and then two for every other race. Yeah. Yep. To, just to get heat in the tires because mm-hmm. it was colder today than yesterday. Yep. Uh, seeing the cars coming down the front straight and just like the pit in my stomach being like, Oh, what are we doing? There's, there's walls everywhere. <laughs> I wish I we had an option to not do this. <laughs> I know. Like the stop button? Yeah, like, Emergency can stop. we just postpone this for like four days? It's, we can't do that. When it's dry, yeah, you know? no doubt. Yeah, it's like, it's not just Armco. There's like five levels of Armco in some uh-huh. places. You know, it's not It's not just the wall. It's like a tall wall. But so this I, is a great, uh, this would be great weather for a Gingerman event that nobody cared about in October. Yeah, exactly. For sure. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it, it, it's like, do you remember Fall Special? Yeah. This is the weather of Fall Special yeah, in Gingerman. Uh-huh. Right. Every yeah. year. Yeah, very uh, similar. It, it, it was just like the, the most anxiety. Seeing the cars, the pace car peels off, and I'm just like, can I just not throw it? I just really wish I didn't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, it was a real late green uh, on that last I'm race. I'm just trying so to keep like, the speed down going into one, man. I know. Yeah, no, I know. I hear you. Yeah, well, late, late green and, and early checker, too, right? Did you guys call we it? We had couple? to because yeah. they, they, they literally Time had to get oh, somebody else. In. There was okay. a funeral procession memorial thing happening oh, at a certain really? time. Oh, I didn't realize that. And they needed to start using a certain part of the track for photos like at a certain time. So we're done. So they gave us 10 yeah. extra minutes. That's all they could give wow. us. Yeah, we had a big cleanup after race three. Somebody, yeah. somebody screwed up a piece of Armco bad. Yeah, that was um, that was a rough one. I heard the car's not even totaled though. Really? Well, that's yeah. good. It looked pretty so, bad, but I'm um, you know, it's who was involved in that? I think it was Fiona, wasn't it? Fiona and Papas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even know. The, I don't know what happened. I haven't asked for that. I don't know either. Yeah, I just I, wa- I drove by it on the in lap, and uh, it was on the la- so, it was on the last lap. Yeah, it was last lap. Definitely, it was what coming out of the uh, coming out of the boot coming out. Yep. Yep. Not fun. I hate it when that happens. Well, we woke up and looked at the radar, and it had all like moved away. We were like we high fiving each other. We were, like, but they were the only fools with only I guess, dry like, tires. Down in the town, it mm-hmm. didn't rain all day. Yeah, Are like up me? here, we're just like in the cloud. Oh yeah, man. yeah, just that little. Yeah, I heard it was. Like, it was just like the air was was, yeah, was so wet. We it was just water, like just weird. So yeah. I did get from Gary. Um, that a storm is coming through and it's supposed to be rainier tomorrow. Oh, it, I, good. It was rainy all day today. I, so yeah. I don't know difference. if he's right though. Looking at, at looking at radar, I don't know if he's right, but I, I also don't know. We looked at the radar and there's like an inland hurricane up in like uh, where was it? Like it's Upper Michigan or something? Yeah, like it's that? whipping Canada, past yeah. Cincinnati and kind of up towards Toronto. Maybe. Yeah, maybe? I don't know. It's or, a well, mess maybe right there's now. another one then. Half I saw, the country I saw sucks right now, and it sucked the most here. Yeah, I mean you know like. This is just such an iconic yeah. track, and it was you know amazing to be here. I'm glad and we got some dry sessions. Yeah, definitely. We got we got dry practice and qualifying in, and you know yeah. it was that was a blast. I mean, driving this place is just so much fun. How was that car in the dry? Oh, it was a blast. I mean, we did a we did a bunch of change. One of the reasons we were <laughs> ironically too late to uh, tire rack to pick up our, our rain tires on the way is that we we put all new SPL control arms on the car okay. prior to this race, and you know. Um, it really it woke the car up. I mean, you know, it really, really fixed a lot of problems with the suspension. And you know, we have the thing dialed in really well now. So yeah, it was that thing was absolutely, absolutely awesome. stuck in in the dry. So yeah, we're excited about it. You know, we've we've got the tune right now. We've got the suspension in place. And I think if we had had if we had had the rain tires this weekend, mm-hmm. we would have definitely been, you know, up near you know up in the top five more solidly this weekend. Cool. So, yeah, it's a great it's a great sounding car. I love Caymans. It's a stick. 
too, right? It yeah. is, yeah. Manually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of manual Caymans. Yeah, a lot of I think PDKs. A, honestly, I think it's helped us in in the tuning with the at least at least with the stock ECU for sure. Um, because you know the PDK like throws all kinds of stuff off when you're trying to tune it. So yeah. it's been, it, and it's rock solid. And and you know I've, I'm I guess you know I'm a I'm a uh, aging Gen Xer like. Uh, pre-boomer i guess so like i grew up driving manuals and yeah. you know i'm I'm cool with it like race cars you know. are kind of fun with manuals yeah i dig it i, I can i can see the allure of a pdk but they're cool too i mean yeah. the car we actually uh we helped a customer build a, a build up a car uh who's gonna run gltc and they ended up doing a porsche club with it but it, you know it was a pdk car and i did some testing and it's they're fun absolutely but i actually you know I have a little bit more fun driving our, our manual. So. That's cool. Now, I, I know I'm a little biased, but it's hard for me to imagine a decision where I was like, man, should I run Porsche Club or GLTC? And I'd be like, Porsche Club. He did do Tiny Tech with us. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, he did. He did, yeah. yeah he was at yeah, Heartland. Heartland, yeah. yeah. yeah great uh, I, driver. I think he, he emailed at one point, and he was like, disappointed in how hard it was to get tickets i think that was part of it oh, yeah. <laughs> if i'm remembering correctly i don't know january was a long time ago they yeah. don't have tickets for uh for porsche clubs so yeah <laughs> maybe that was part of his decision yeah I don't know. whip out your checkbook and they let you in just yeah. show up just show up yeah they got they got plenty of slots yeah there. so what are you doing for what are you doing tonight what's your plan what do you do around Watkins Glen? oh man it's a great town for you know i've heard it having is. a couple of drinks and we'll probably find a beer somewhere and you know, have a have a nice nice dinner, and uh, we've got a we've got Eric actually found this great Airbnb that's like in the side of the hill, look overlooking the lake, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was it probably looks like it had maybe ten additions throughout yeah, the last yeah, like yeah, hundred and twenty like years. There's like five Ollie. feet tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and, uh, <laughs> you know, the guys are uh, the crews over there getting cleaned up, and then we're gonna meet them up. Yeah, for, meet them up for dinner. That sounds great. What well, are you guys doing tonight? Probably another podcast, and then just. Be wet, drink some whiskey, and go to bed. <laughs> All right, <laughs> fight about I mean, fight about ticketing problems, and I mean, get yelled at by the too. racetrack. So, uh, uh, Eric, yeah. today, so we're we're rolling out a new ticketing system. Um, it has a lot of really awesome potential. Um, we've been using it this year. Parts of the process are challenging and make it really difficult for our timing and scoring people. Um, today. I did, I sat down and I did a, like a five wife style cause map for the things that went wrong this weekend nice. and like traced them all the way back to, well, why did this exactly happen? Oh, that's and some of those issues were like, well, the wrong people at Gridlife were working on this <laughs> or, or at least they yeah. didn't have the oh, right okay. project owner. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so, uh, I showed Chris like, here's how you do a cause map. Here's how you map out exactly what went wrong and why. Yeah. And he's like, no, I got to do more of this. Yeah, now, he's now like, you're talking my he's, language. He's like, so. I'm not good at it. You're good at it. But, like, I got to do more of these. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. really cool. When I saw the email, I was like, oh, that makes sense. This is a good way to solve problems. <laughs> That's why you have scientists on your team. Yeah, right? just hire people with PhDs. Well, no big deal. Uh, it is a yeah. skill that, like, I was, um, like, doing that process was something that I was aware of before my current job. Yeah. My current job, I run that team. That's how you, nice. that's how you solve problems. I run that team. I run, like... Anything bad that happens, That's we, we do an investigation yeah. like that. <laughs> Abe only does the bad things. <laughs> well, like, uh, and he likes it. <laughs> recently, a piece of equipment failed, and it was a sizable failure of a large piece of machinery. Right. And what we found was, well, the equipment had been modified in such a way that uh, 
the electric motor with the um, like torque multiplier, it was a gear reduction, mm-hmm. was supposed to have a shear pin in it. That way, if something seized up, uh, shear pin save itself. The shear yeah. pin would would break first before anything valuable yeah. broke or anything like exploded. Super normal, yeah. Um, yeah. Especially pin, in metal metal gears. The, the shear pin had been replaced by something that was hardened steel. Ouch! Oh yeah. Oops. Probably because they needed to solve the problem right now, but didn't care about the problem down the road. It reminds me of that yeah. story of the what the horseshoe nail that lost the war or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You've ever heard that one? I don't remember the specifics, but you know, like it reminds me of like you know Cosmap stuff. Yeah, it so it yeah. goes back to something super simple. Uh, my my boss at my regular job is really really sharp, and I get the chance to learn a lot from him about being like a a really critical thinker and thinking deeply about something before you do something. And that's a talent I want to have. There is, uh, <laughs> there is a unbelievably detailed cause map for why the Titanic sank. Yeah, there are like thousands of boxes with evidence and information. Um, one of the root causes for why the Titanic sank was that, uh, as silly as it sounds, they decided to launch a boat into the water. If you don't launch the Titanic into sink. the water at the port, it cannot sink. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a root cause. It sure is. If you don't run so like, Watkins Glen, you don't get cold and wet. But <laughs> but it's like it's it's an emphasis on you should be specific about why things happen, and mm-hmm. like you can articulate it. Everything is causing something else. Now I'm kind of fascinated by cause maps. We, need, a, yeah. we need to do a cause map on how we ended up here with no rain tires yeah, on right, the rainiest exactly. weekend. <laughs> Actually, if you did a cause map for how you ended up here on no rain tires, I bet it'd be funny. Yeah. yeah it oh, would, it would we, be funny. Yeah, maybe I'll, Eric, write, I'll write a forum do it. post. You gotta do it. There we go. Do a forum <laughs> post. Cause map of yeah. why we showed up to the wettest weekend of the year with only dry tires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing it in my head already. I'm, nice. I'm gonna work on that. <laughs> So somebody was like, well, is that like a fishbone diagram? And I was like, yeah, but fishbones aren't as good. Yeah, they are. (laughs) What's a fishbone diagram? Uh, It's like, uh, it's it's a trail of um, causes maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, each cause maybe have like, has like four or five factors. Oh, they like, they but like if you deal with a complicated yeah. problem, yep. um, a single issue could be caused by, I don't know, a half dozen issues, yeah, yeah. right? So, for example, registration was difficult and time-consuming. Well, what are the factors that contributed to that? There were a bunch. Mm-hmm. And so you can map each one of those factors into this was caused by this one thing. You're making me think about how to, how to like change my entire life and solve my problems differently. Right. I normally solve my problems by, all right, I'll just fix it myself. And I like get more tired and hit things with hammers until they're fixed. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just how I've always fixed problems. Yeah. And it I mean, generally think, works, but <laughs> that is, yeah, it's exhausting. Blunt, blunt, blunt force way. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for me, one of the issues, you know, I think that once solved is really going to make things great is uh, it, from the GLTC perspective is, you know, being able to resubmit your, your yeah. comp form, the portal, you know, throughout the yeah. weekend, the portal I was, aspect you, know, rules. you know, being able to like, you know, just do that. Like there's no paperwork. It's all real time. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of exists yeah. in the system. You guys can see it whenever we had it's updated. A, a bit of a beta of that last year with gridlife.club, um, yeah. which like worked better in some ways and didn't work at all in other ways, like selling ticket ways. And so, like this was like what I'm told is this was first designed to tell, sell tickets and then the rest of it followed. The other one was first designed to make clean, easy data and ticketing was a problem. I don't know what any of that means, <laughs> but well, I that, wanna, was, I, that was my explanation. I, I want to make so. one more point on cause mapping uh, because um, 
car failures or mechanical failures happen all the time yeah. in a motorsports paddock, right? Like if if you break one axle during a race and you're, you might just like shrug that off as a fluke, but like if you break axles two or three times over the course of a few weekends, you might do a cause map to say, why is this actually happening and what am I doing to fix it? Right. Yeah. Because if I don't understand why it's happening, it'll keep happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a good way to kind of open your mind to, you know, cause and effect, right? I mean, you know, pull, you know, step back a little bit, look at the bigger picture. It's your point, right? I because mean, like the first repo- the response thing. is just yeah. to change it. Like, right. oh, it just yeah. failed. Just change it. When you, when you look at it in a car perspective, I, that's how my brain thinks in a car perspective. So maybe my brain does think that way. Yeah. You'd my, probably be pretty well suited. My, my first reaction like is, that. why did this happen? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Instead always. of just throwing parts at yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, never yeah. take any axles to the racetrack because they never break. But yeah. if I had to take two axles to a racetrack, I'd be like, all right, what's the axle angle problem? Right. Are we getting compression on these CVs? Are they extending? Yeah. Why is it popping out of the diff? All these things, you know? Listen, thank you yeah. guys. Thank you so much for reminding me because lowered Caymans, especially, we're lower sh- now with our SPL arms. Shred axles. They shred axles. So it's time to inspect do ours. They, now. <laughs> do they compress or come apart? They compress. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's oh, weird. no, I'm sorry. They come apart. They come apart. Oh, so it's so, stretching. Yeah, so they have there's yeah. there's spacers you can get for them, uh, you know, just to, to space yeah. them out just a little bit. So kind of amazing how much actually slip you do need in some CVs yeah. and how Absolutely. like well, we're running the car drastically low compared to stock right It's yeah. pretty slammed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can't even put a a, a tire uh, strap on yeah. top of the tire through the. You're definitely tucking. A little <laughs> yeah, bit. it's tucking. Yeah. I mean, you have to. It's it's, it's pretty, GLTC. It's, it's pretty like cool. You get kicked like, off the grid <laughs> if you're not tucking. It's yeah, pretty so. cool. Like, yeah, the, I mean, it, the uh, yeah, it's amazing how much like even with OEM travel, like at some points the axle's inadequate. So you're wondering, did they just not even consider this? Yeah. Like, did they? Yeah, just, that, that is an, a good point. Well, I guess it's just it, maybe it's it just spends more. It just spends le- it just spends so much so little time in right, that right. range, and then now you're putting it where it's in that range all the time. So they're probably so. just buying an off the shelf. CV that they already make for something else, and probably. Yeah. Yep. Thinking about cause maps, I'm looking. I'm thinking back. I don't know if you guys ever ever saw the article in Grassroots about uh, the the fire that we had uh, way back when at uh, at Thunderhill, the 25 hour uh, with Charles Espinlove yes. driving the car that we. I was built. just going to say with Chip um, Espinlove. Yep. Yeah, and, I remember that article uh, a lot. Yeah, that was uh, we 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 engineered this car to have. You were on that team. Two fuel cells. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I was. I helped us engineer that car it was okay. it was two fuel cells uh we were carrying all total it was was the stock fuel tank plus a fuel cell uh we were carrying like 60 gallons of fuel in that car that sounds cool. like a bomb, a bomb. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's exactly what happened but you know the cause map it's so crazy what the cause map was you know looking back at, at the chain of events but you know to make a long story short what ended up causing the fire was the uh well Many causes, as you know, uh, with a Cosmac, but uh, there's a sound requirement there. So we had to modify the exhaust and it ended up blowing in the wrong spot and overheating some components, which then shrunk a, a fuel tube and started a slow fuel leak. Hmm. And, you know, Charles radioed in, you know, we were probably about five, six hours into the race. Charles radioed in and said, I'm, you know, I'm smelling a little bit of fire uh, or smelling a little bit of, you know, a, a burning smell. And, uh, and then like oh, you know, half like a, a lap later, ha- yeah. And then half a lap later, it it you know, yeah, it exploded. And you know, Charles, uh, it's so fortunate 
uh, to have gotten out. He was pretty severely burned. That was uh, a yeah. The, and, like the aftermath article yeah. was multiple pages of like, yeah. here's how you don't die. Yeah, you should probably buy this. Well, and here's what happened to him. Making making yeah. no comment Very about uh, any series, but like another issue on on such a cause map would be, well, um, the series didn't disallow. Fuel capacity beyond a certain amount. Yeah, yeah. point. Absolutely. Or maybe didn't talk about exhaust directional uh, placement. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many things like you're saying. Or, all these, all these yeah. things. They kind of like the there was. You can talk I think about these things shows, the rules too and not catch them. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely. it's it's amazing how different things interact. And yeah, that, I think there's a, a show on. It may not be on the TV anymore. I think it was called Seconds from Disaster, and they take like these take like big industrial accidents and yeah, stuff, I've and they like that. trace it back to all these things that went wrong, all this chain along the way. And uh, that sounds you know, like but, awesome entertainment to me. Like, it is. I would watch look it up. So much of that. You got to look yeah, up yeah, seconds, yeah, from seconds from Disaster. It's great. I remember watching. It really is. <laughs> it's that, good TV. That was how I felt throwing the green flag. So <laughs> seconds from Disaster. <laughs> We're talking. I think just a little bit about safety now. I got some tr- safety training at work. Um, uh, in a program called Safe Start, and it uh, part of the exercise was um, there are like certain situations that uh, create an environment for you as a worker or as a person where you're more prone to doing it, like accidents, whether you're rushing or you're fatigued or you're distracted or whatever else. Um, interestingly, well, part of the thought exercises was uh, every one of us undoubtedly has done something that we look back on and say. That was really unsafe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. unsafe. I mean, like daily for me. <laughs> Interesting that the majority of accidents that cause people injuries, at least at work, is not any of those things. Mm-hmm. It's on the slips, trips, and falls, and any of the stuff that you're not paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. Those dumb are the things of, that actually hurt people. Yeah, dumb yeah. use of everyday products like puts probably more people in the ER than like surfing on top of a golf cart at Road Atlanta down the hill. That was yeah. really dangerous. That was the yeah. most dangerous thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> I've had some. I've had some. I've yeah, had some and golf cart the golf course, too. the golf cart next to me, um, uh, Steph Papadakis was doing the same thing. Oh, We're like really? racing down. I, I think I heard this story. <laughs> I wasn't at that. That, that was that was maybe that was probably the craziest grid life. The very first Road Atlanta. Oh, okay. So that wasn't the last Road Atlanta. The last Road Atlanta was pretty chill. Actually, was it? I thought the last Road Atlanta was pretty chill. Yeah, the second to last Road Atlanta was pretty crazy. But the first and second were gnarly, dude. <laughs> I mean, it was wild. Yeah, well, you guys were a lot younger back then. Yeah, man. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. Yeah. That I'm, was 2016, uh, 2017. Yeah. 18 and 19. Yeah. So, wait. I have been affiliated with Gred Life in at least some capacity since 2016. Yeah. That's what? Seven or eight years ago? Long time ago. What? My yeah. kid was like, we were talking about the other day. My kid was like a newborn when we like got to know each other. She was like one. Do you know that my first episode was episode 100? Yeah. And we're on episode like 500. I don't know what we talked about for the first 100. I don't remember any of that shit. Those were were hilarious episodes. It was very fresh and fun. Yeah, it was. I think my outlook on life was maybe more fun back then. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. Wet wet weekends at, at Watkins Glen have sucked the sucked the life. We, <laughs> well, when we first did it, we had literally hosted two grid life events. Midwest Festival one and Midwest Festival two. And then we started doing like three events a year, four events a year, five events a year. Um and now you're doing a million events a year. Sixteen. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I I was on I think one of those first one hundred with uh, Yeah, with Austin. With Austin, yeah. And we were uh, even then I was like 
I got to get to one of these. And here <laughs> yeah. we are. We here were we talking are about like one of, later. Later. Yeah. one of our three events we'd ever hosted or yeah, four exactly. events at the time. Yeah. yeah. Austin picked up this, uh, this brown uh, VW Dasher that we had around the shop. That, yeah. yeah, he drove it over like there. Greenwood so. or whatever. What was yeah, it? Greenwood Motorsports. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. The the wagon super. GMS store. wagons. That's what yes. it was called. That's yes, right. sure yeah. was. Yeah, just just was aren't enough wagons in the states to make a whole business out of. No. It Wait, turns out who was who was GMS wagons? Me. That no shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really? Yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I actually googled GMS wagons like a week ago. I Did was you? like. What so happened? Is that? that still a company? <laughs> um, I, I told the story to everyone on Slip Angle, but I'm going to buy a Volvo V60 uh, plug-in hybrid. Like yeah. the is, that a, is that a definite deal now? You're definitely um, doing it. The dealer will call me as soon as I can place an order for the next month. Oh, nice. So okay. that's like so in, a, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to do the Euro delivery, so oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna go to Sweden and fancy pick. I've always wanted to do one of those Euro deliveries. One well, of these days. like does Lotus do Euro deliveries? Yeah, your Lotus does it. Porsche does it. Does, I mean, pretty much all of them. Do they BMW. pay for your plane tickets? Um, no, but they do give you some. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, a, it's there's a, some it's credit. A, yeah, you know, they don't pay. For, they don't pay for your tickets, but I didn't like, know the, but the ship, but the sh- you don't. Like the shipping back for the car is like included, free, and that would yeah. be that it's would be like, like a free four vacation. Grand. Yeah, it's like it's a free vacation. For I didn't us. know yeah, that absolutely. Eric Streeter was allowed to buy a Lotus that was not disassembled because I thought that's the well, only way you did it. Yeah, Wait, yeah. what do you think about the Lotus uh, Amira, the new one? I oh, love it's freaking awesome. Do you are, do you have one on order? Well, I don't, but I've sat in one. Okay, have you really? I have not driven one because it was the first one that was actually in the country of all things. It was actually the press car that was going around. And okay, my how, did you, said, how did you sit in it? What's that? How did you sit in it? Uh, it was at Auto Europe in oh, okay. uh, in Birmingham, Michigan. It was kind of my buddies, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been running with them for a long time. They do the guy that buys all the Lotuses. Cars. They call him when uh, they when get they a Lotus. have another Lotus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Actually, I was just chatting with one of the owners. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, we have one. You want to stop by?" And I needed to go pick up something from him anyway. Of course, naturally, because yeah. you're building a couple Lotuses yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they, they let me sit one in it. Is his living room right now? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they let me sit in it, and it, 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 it couldn't drive it because it was like a you know non licensed. Um, yeah, like they're not allowed car. to drive it. Yeah. yeah. So like, that sounds like kind of like an excuse. Is I there? Have to play them. I haven't spent much time thinking about this. So. If, if the question is stupid, just like make fun of me. Is there a Lotus um, like that has been produced that would be a like a reasonable GLTC vehicle that wouldn't be prohibitively expensive to maintain? I think an old Elise. Yeah, well, like fender uh, 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 work and stuff like that on the Elise. People always like, oh, those cl- those clamps. Yeah, well, yeah, you're yeah, not going to get away you, from you, that. You buy a salvage one. Yeah, and you just deal with crack carbon crap. Correct fiberglass? Yeah, well, yeah, fiber? yeah, mo- yeah, unless you have like a motorsports edition, yeah, they're all you fiberglass. Just deal yeah. with it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, fiberglass, I mean, who hasn't repaired fiberglass? Right? Yeah, there's a lot of salvage ones because yeah, there of are. The well, and, and the crazy thing is, is like comp- or insurance companies will write them off for the littlest thing, right? Because they're crazy expensive mm-hmm. to fix. To and properly tu- fix. Yeah, yeah. And, and the tubs are all aluminum, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you're not supposed to weld aluminum and, you know, all these things, right? So they'll. They'll write Just them off for almost nothing. So as far so as like find a lot of caging the cars. car and like making a GLTC car out of a Lotus, yeah. that would that's be a, a thing. Yeah, that'd be a reasonable yeah, thing. It's yeah, a pretty popular car in SEC, STU, and like S. Yeah, I can't remember which classes they. STU wasn't allowed in STU. Yeah. Can you imagine the memes if there were one of those things out there? The size differential. I saw that one in the versus the Odyssey. Yeah, with Emil's car was photoshopped even smaller. Yeah, I've raced in. I've raced against them in SCCA. They do like a ship in a 
bottle bolt-in cage, kind of. Yeah, they kind do. Of like they do yep. in NSXs and you yeah, know, exactly. some of the land speed yeah. insights. And yeah, all there's, there's a lot of guys that have um, worked pretty yeah. you know, heavily on making sure that they're safe. Yeah. I know the guy that's done all the cages for Alex Krugman, uh, Krugspeed, oh, who, yeah. who campaigns like yeah, half yeah. a dozen of them. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I know um, that He was is. on the committee for... SCC, STAC with me. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd consider, you know, I mean, if, you know, obviously it's not going to be We have a slight, as... yeah, we have a slight penalty for it because of literally the underbody arrow. And, right, you know, yeah. I think it's 2% penalty right now, but. Yeah. Um, yeah it's I, funny, I was I, talking about Charles Espinlop yeah. earlier. He uh, he actually raced one in World Challenge GT of all places. They mm-hmm. had one with, like, some giant turbo, and, right. like, it was uh, it was an Exige, uh, not, not in the least, but, you know, the same chassis, and it yep. was, uh yeah, that car was an amazing race car. So yeah, you, you can definitely turn one of those into yeah, a, the good into suspension geometry, light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, super light. I mean, which gives you a lot of. Drive. Uh, a lot I just of think you know the the way the the, the way that it's kind of shaking out, and, and I'm still learning about it. You know, it's only my second GLTZ race, but uh, you know, it feels like if you're if you go the super light route, it's a bit of a challenge. You know, a little bit it's, more. It's a bit of a challenge, and especially just from a racing perspective, because. You know, it's you know it's hard to get overlap. You know, you may be there. There were times, you know, uh, in the dry sessions uh, that we did have here. You know, mm-hmm. there's times where I'm, you know, t- plus ten on min speed over a car, yeah. and then and then you get on the straightaway, and there's the there's nothing you can't get overlap because yeah, right. uh, you know they just can walk you the, a little the bit. The biggest, I think, the biggest thing, regardless of horsepower, is getting right to the limit of your power to weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause we've had, we've, we've looked at a lot of data of like 170 to 180 horsepower cars versus the 220, 230, 240, which is kind of, that's kind of like the big average. And it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that we did try to solve a little bit, it seems like tires fall off worse when you're 200 tread wears, when you have 15 inch tires, cause you just mm-hmm. got less meat yeah. to absorb the heat, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I think I mean, Emil did pretty well. He was top five, yeah, top six he, he most of the weekend. And he was quick in the pretty quick, if I remember right, in the dry session. Pretty solid in qualifying. Do you see so. much of a difference in top speed on the light cars versus the heavy cars? A few horsepower, a few wheel horsepower less. Or, yeah. I mean, a few, a few mile, mile power, power less. Yeah, because yep. yeah, that's a limitation too, right? I mean, if you're going to have a small car, it better be efficient aero wise. Yeah, really efficient. You know, I mean, especially you know above 100 miles per hour. I mean, you right. really. You know, kind that's of what that's the, the barrier you're trying to knock down, yeah. and that's yeah. the key because it, again, just from a racing perspective, you know, lap time all day long, you can you can make the lap time, but it's just getting around. How does it yeah, How does it run? Yeah. That's the challenge, yeah. or defending against someone because you know it's yep. really if you're in that in that car that does have a little bit more power, yeah. um, you know, based on how you how you're working that uh, you know the the uh, the uh, formula, you know, that person can get a run on you and get overlap. A lot easier. Yeah, so well, you were talking about that it. a bunch with the Corvettes yeah. today, right? Yeah, that, that was pretty. Yeah, we were. It was. It was just. And well, obviously, also because it was a one-lane racetrack. So well, yeah, that does. It's hard help. to. It's hard to pass <laughs> when there's only you know when there's only one. And it wasn't even a dry line. It's just the the less wet line. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, no, it was it was hard to get overlap. You know, I was I was you know plenty of min speed and I I could be right on the back and then it's just uh, it's just like two. Two, three, four car lengths. It's not much, yep. but it's just then. Then how do you make the pass? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets hard. Yeah. Well, do we need to send you guys to dinner? Yeah, I'm getting a little hungry. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I, I could. Uh, by the time we get there, I'll be hungry. All right. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna go. Um, right on, guys. Well, you don't know. 
Yeah, you actually, you, you kind of knew where we were going to go for dinner. You did yeah. say some rooster fish. Yeah, we, didn't we say some rooster already? Fish, What's I that think? place like? Yeah, we're oh. so tired, I don't know. I, I don't know, they moved. I haven't been there since. It's like somebody a, it's else. a brew pub. They, 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 uh, somebody else went there yesterday or told me about it. I heard the name. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's, it seems like there's a lot of cool places to hang out here. Yeah, Definitely. there are. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, yeah thanks absolutely. for having us. Everybody yeah. needs to uh, go For, to the forums. Yeah, forum.tracktuned.com. Let's yeah. uh, let's start a forum. So, yeah. all right, Let's do it. cool buddies. All have right. a good have a good uh, drive home. Yeah, yeah appreciate you it. Yeah, appreciate you coming. Thanks out. for having us. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid like to say hello. Hello.